Hello, hello, and welcome back to DFT's Dungeon. My name is Daniel Terry, and on this episode, I'm going to talk about a record that is somewhat brief, clocking in at 22 minutes and about seven individual songs each. Circleback's Terminus is a record that might seem a little light at first, but is actually very dense with meaning. And we're going to get into that meaning on this episode, so without further ado, let's get into it. About 10 years ago, there was this huge controversy about video games, and it was something called on-disc DLC. And what on-disc DLC was, was basically bonus content for a video game. We used to call them expansion packs back in the day. These expansion packs or DLCs would come out about five or six months after a game was released. So typically a video game company could extend the life of their game, you know, by one or two years by just doling out additional content in regular intervals for a price, of course. And gamers were like really mad because the content that they were paying for was apparently already physically on the game disc. And they just felt like they were kind of getting ripped off because, you know, that content was already there in a certain sense. They feel like they'd already paid for it. And you might be wondering at this point what this has to do with Terminus by Circleback. Trust me, it, it actually has a lot to do with it, but for right now I'm just going to like do a whole podcast talking about Circleback, but I promise you I will return to that first point a little bit later. Man, I really wish that there was like a term for that. Back in 2019, which feels like a lifetime ago now, I used to co-host a podcast called Brutally Speaking with my friend John. And while Brutally Speaking wasn't strictly my podcast, I occasionally had the opportunity to take the reins and be the main host during certain interviews. And one of those interviews was with a really, really cool dude named John Marino. And he was on the podcast to talk about his band Circleback's new album, Terminus. And I was super stoked to talk to John for a lot of different reasons. And what were those reasons? Well, as it usually goes on this podcast, we're going to have to back up a little bit in order for me to properly explain it. So as some of you guys know, back in 2019, I used to install garage doors for a living. But something that you might not know is that I wasn't very good at it. Ooh, you suck! I mean, eventually I got better once I learned some more, but a lot of my work back then was kind of like hack work. And my boss used to like send me to jobs that were like far away, you know, like out, out in the country because, you know, maybe he was ashamed of me. But I would always have to go on these like hour-long drives to, to get to these jobs. And on one particular morning, I was taking like a one-hour-long drive into what I call God's country. When I got a little notification on my phone that there was a brand new episode of the podcast as the story grows available. And since I'm the kind of guy that can just not resist the sweet nectar that is the voice of Brian Patton. Welcome to As the Story Grows. I'm Brian Patton. I hit that play button almost immediately. And on that episode, Brian was interviewing previously mentioned super cool dude, John Marino. And he was talking about his band Circleback's new release, Terminus. And it was through that conversation that I learned that John used to be in a band called Outcry. And then my brain kind of exploded. 
because I remembered that band like really clearly. They had an EP out back in 1999 called Hope for the Torn Heart, which I actually borrowed from my friend Will when, when we were in high school, and I I never returned it. I think I think at this stage I might owe that dude like a considerable amount of money in, in CDs. I mean, I always meant to give them back to him. Like I think I borrowed them so that I could like burn them or something, but um, I don't know. I'm not dead, so I guess I could like try to right some of those wrongs. Sorry, Will. Anyway, Outcry was a Christian hardcore band, and the reason that they were so fresh in my memory was because a year before that, I had become a huge fan of another band called Not Beneath, which featured a guy named Danny who used to also play in Outcry. And John was the singer of Outcry, and I remember really liking how he sounded on that EP. He sounded like this. And it was at this stage in the podcast that I went from passively listening to the interview to hanging on to every word, because now I'm emotionally invested, right? And after hearing Brian and John talk and hearing clips of Terminus, I knew that I needed to hear this album as soon as possible, because it was right up my alley. Super aggressive, straight ahead, and in your face hardcore, with like little metal tinges, you know, like, like the good kind. And I hadn't heard anything like that in a really, really long time. I mean, absolutely no clean vocals. Chaotic riffs, bone-crunching guitar tone, and super aggressive, deep vocals. And I was at work for the rest of the day listening to the album because I, I, I had to hear it as soon as the podcast was over. And I saw that it only had seven songs on it and was only 22 minutes, which in my mind is pretty much perfect for a hardcore record. And I must have listened to it about 15 times before I got home that night and I finally had a chance to check out the lyrics. So let's get into this record and talk about what I got out of those songs back in 2019. Terminus starts off with its title track, and right off the bat, the energy level is at an all-time high. You've got these dissonant riffs that are churning and bubbling and just absolutely hyping me up until those iconic words, this is the end, are screamed in full force right in my face. And lyrically, Terminus is focused on a forced life change. The kind of life change that you don't always see coming. And maybe it's like something like getting fired from a job or losing your home to a fire or other natural disaster. But the message of the song is pretty clear from the start. The lyrics read, this is the end a fading existence. The light will fade from the final sunset. The world we knew is now enveloped in darkness. All the time we spent has left its mark, forever etched in stone, this final form, our legacy, incomplete from how it should be. No new direction, no eventual protection. Now we are left to decide our eventual fate. We're wanting another chance, but none can be found. No strength in this decision. The end is cold. And like I talked about in the first episode of this season, in 2018, I lost my job. And I was the only breadwinner of like five and soon to be six people. 
and it took a really long time to recover from that sudden insecurity. And as a really desperate measure, I took a job as a garage door installer, even though I'd had zero experience in that trade. But by the time I heard Terminus in 2019, I was already dealing with that uneasy reality. This was just a temporary delay of the inevitable. I wasn't ever going to start suddenly making more money while I was being paid cash under the table to do this dangerous manual labor. I didn't have any health insurance, and I was literally one injury away from just straight up financial ruin. And if you want like a different illustration of what that feels like, imagine I have like a giant gash across my chest. And the only thing holding those two pieces of skin together is like a child-sized band-aid. It was one of the scariest times of my life, and Terminus was the first song that I had ever heard that gave a voice to that feeling of isolation and exposure. That feeling of being on your own and not knowing what you're going to do next. And I knew that I needed to move on, but I was a little too afraid to rip that Band-Aid off so that I could get real help and that I could have real change. Because I didn't even know where that real help or that real change was even going to come from. Dare to Defy blasts in next and delivers an additional slice of chunky, chunky, chonky hardcore with a message written boldly on its sleeve. I've been on this whole weight loss train for about a year now, and the central message that I hear all the time from dietitians and doctors is that you should always listen to what your body is telling you. And you might want to eat bad because you're stressed out, but if you really take the time to look at what your body's telling you, you're going to find yourself craving things like water protein-rich foods, and pure sources of fat and calories. And I think the same thing applies to our social and even our emotional needs. The biggest concern for me in 2019 was security. I didn't feel secure, and I really, really needed something to latch onto. I wanted really badly to be able to provide for my family, and for whatever reason, I spent a lot of my time trying to convince potential employers that I was some good an obedient hard worker like tell them what they have to hear and maybe that's going to convince them that like if i blend in with everybody else that i will be a good bet or i will be something that they should take a chance on so i kind of sought out that security and just mimicking the habits of other workers but dare to defy suggests something a little bit different something a little bit less conventional the lyrics say dare to be different dare to set yourself apart Without patience, persistence, and self-conviction, you're lost. And later, the truth can be found deep inside. Look at your heart. Find the strength from within. Find the truth from within. Dare to defy all of the odds. And I'll be totally honest. It wasn't until sometime in mid-2021 that I truly started looking inward for suggestions on what I should do. And despite all of my strategies in life up to that point not working... For some reason, I had convinced myself that it was better to just keep holding out for something to quote-unquote happen. And it wasn't until I actually took that look inside and found direction towards progress that anything really started to change. But I wouldn't realize that until much later. It's like that Alanis Morissette song. It's the good advice that you just didn't take. It's like 
And other than yourself, who do you take advice from? Well, that's another complication, isn't it? Because sometimes we need external help too, which leads us into Covalent Bonds. And Covalent Bonds is a song purely about friendship, or rather the power of friendship. And while being totally self-reliant is a pretty impressive thing, I don't necessarily know if it's how humans are really meant to live. And Covalent Bonds reemphasizes the need for strong friendships and also put something on my radar that I hadn't considered before, which was there's a huge difference between people that I hang around or just hang out with and people that are truly good friends and people that have my best interests in mind and that I have their best interests in mind. It, it works both ways. It, it forms that bond on both sides. The song Bounty Hunter comes up next, and it really starts off with these massive chugs as John screams, Watch out! You haven't seen this before! It is so good, and it sounds truly menacing. Bounty Hunter is a song that deals with closed-minded and toxic people, and people in positions of authority who kind of refuse to see any opposing perspectives. The kind of people that are going to cast you out for just looking and acting different from the norm. These people are not interested in progress as much as they're interested in maintaining the status quo. And at worst, they're just protecting their own corrupt interests. RTS, or Richard II, is up next, and it's probably the most emotional and poetic of all of the songs on Terminus. The song describes a person who's just being completely destroyed by their inner misery and their anguish or things that they're going through in life. And when you live in a state like that for so long, it taints literally everything that you do. You might think that you're hiding it from the rest of the world, but from an outside perspective, it's as plain as day. I always took this song personally as it always reminds me of mistakes that I've made in the past. And it brings to mind all the things that I've struggled with that have been mostly my fault. And some of those things you'll hear me talk about in other episodes of the podcast. There's just some mistakes that I still feel the effects of even a decade later. But the important lesson I learned from this song specifically was that, as the lyrics say, I need to wash away this familiar taste. And for me at least, I found that it's really easy to kind of let those past mistakes influence all of your current decisions too. And if you're not careful, it can, it can permanently damage your mindset going into new situations. The biggest danger that I encountered was that it would cause me to give up and settle into this kind of defeatist mindset. like. Things aren't ever gonna get better, you know? And I've lost so many jobs over the years that at some point it was just easier to hide behind my pain and that self-doubt than to actually try to improve 
my situation. The song The Next Step deals with themes of mental illness and the absolute emotional drainage that can come along with having to care for a friend or a family member who's struggling with mental health. I remember when I was struggling with depression back in 2015 and how even though I would have the occasional good day, almost anytime anybody would ask me how I was doing, I would tell them the truth. And sometimes that just isn't what they wanted to hear because at first everybody can be really supportive, but eventually you have too many bad days in a row and the people around you start getting a little bit emotionally exhausted by my endless struggle. It's hard to explain to people that mental illness doesn't just go away overnight. And some people struggle with it forever. And even if they do understand it, it can actually cause an emotional strain on other people because our natural tendency is to believe that if a person is working on a problem, that eventually they're going to solve it. And in my case, I did eventually come out of that depression. But there's people out there who don't have situational depression and they just won't get better even a prescribed medication and therapy. This song is an interesting exploration of that topic because it comes from the perspective of somebody close to the person suffering and them trying to desperately understand. And I like this little bit at the end of the song where he says, your worst days are really your best. What you feel isn't what is real. Accept your fate, accept the cause, and then you will find a way to move on. And while on the surface that may seem to be telling somebody to just quote-unquote get over their sickness, in the actual context of the song, I think it's more encouraging people to seek help when we're dealing with these kind of issues. And I know that when I was depressed and I was at some of my lowest points, I kind of refused to accept that that was what it was. I'm a really prideful dude, and I get really defensive, especially whenever I'm not in a good mental place. And at the time, I remember it being pretty much impossible for me to accept that I was in a bad way. And I refused to get help to the point where it almost became too late. And it wasn't until I accepted the fact that I wasn't in control at all and that I needed to get help to get in control again that I actually started feeling that freedom coming from it. And I realize this doesn't work the same way for everyone and that there are people out there who are unable to think rationally like with an emotional or mental handicap and that every situation is totally different. But I appreciated the song and what its perspective meant to me in regard to my personal situation at the time. And closing the album is the song Strive for Justice and it's exactly what it sounds like. And the song calls out the fact that there are a lot of causes and beliefs out there. And there are a lot of people who support them. But not all of those people actually do anything to support those beliefs. In the modern day, talk has gotten very, very cheap. But the lyrics state, I hear what you say. I hear what you say. But what does your lack of action mean at all? 
the thought being that if we truly believe in something, why do we not live and act out what we believe? It's an encouragement to go all the way into something that you're passionate about and to make your own mark on the world so that you can be the person people are inspired by. And my personal slant on this, as it usually is, is something as simple as me being passionate about supporting myself and my family. And yet I spent so many years adopting that defeatist attitude and making a series of really dumb mistakes that ultimately just led me in the opposite direction from that goal. And I could talk a good game about how much I cared and that everything I did was for my family and blah, blah, blah. But the thing that I needed to fix was me, but I just couldn't do that because for one thing, like I talked about on the previous song, I was way too proud to admit that I had any issues at all and that I needed help. You can't fix yourself if you don't want to admit there's anything wrong with you. And, and, and second, after a series of mishaps and false starts, I was too afraid to take any risks. Even if that meant sticking to that mindset and allowing a certain amount of discomfort into my life. Because for whatever reason, it was easier to stay miserable than to stand up and do the thing that I was supposedly all about. And in my case, I was supposed to be all about fixing those issues within myself so that I could actually be the best that I could be to provide for the people that I said that I loved so much. It's a lot, it's a lot, I know, but even now sometimes I still have to check myself and make sure that I'm doing my best to be all in on improving not just my situation, but my family's as well. Needless to say, I found these songs compelling as all hell. <laughs> the energy on this record had this immediacy to it that encouraged me to dig really deep into the meanings of these songs as well as try to figure out why I had such an instant attachment to them. And even after listening to it all day at work, the next day I still wanted to know more about these songs. I did what any self-respecting podcaster does. I reached out to John Marino and I asked him if he wanted to sit down with me and do a track-by-track -track breakdown of the album. I had my own ideas about the meanings of the songs, but I wanted to hear the inspiration directly from the source. So in September of 2019, we connected and we did exactly that. John gave a really detailed explanation about his inspirations behind each of the songs. And likewise, I told him what I got out of the songs. It was a really, really great conversation and probably one of my favorite conversations that I've ever done in podcasting. And this was despite the fact that I had a really, really bad cold when we did it and you can kind of hear me sniffling all over it <laughs> when we were done talking it felt really good and i really felt like i had a much deeper understanding of terminus but that's the interesting thing about how time works and while it's true that i had gotten everything i could out of the album back in 2019 as the years started to tick by those songs really started to stick with me more and i started realizing things about them that started to unlock my brain and my perspectives on things subtly started to change. See, in 2019, I was in a totally different spot in life. A much more unhealthy spot, if I'm being honest. I was hosting two podcasts with Brutally Speaking and Discography Discussion. And they took up a, a, a very, very big portion of my time. In 2018, I'd lost my big boy biomed tech job. And I was installing garage doors as kind of like a filler job just to make ends meet. 
And it wasn't a solution. Like I said earlier, it was really a, a Band-Aid solution and not something that was really going to last me forever. And I continued to work that job for the rest of 2019. But I felt deep down that something needed to change. And eventually I made the decision to force my own terminus. It was the end again, and a new beginning had to start. I had to lick those wounds and jump back into my actual profession in the biomedical field. So that's exactly what I did, and it redefined what that song meant to me. While a sudden change in life can be really scary, it can also be a necessary risk. And since I was the one who was pushing for that change, it was a calculated risk. And once I landed in another job, I started working my way back towards rebuilding that confidence in my skills and in my abilities. And I did that job for all of 2020 in the midst of a pandemic. And by early 2021, I had built up enough confidence to change again. And I took a step up to the job that I have now. By mid-2022, another song that unlocked for me at that time was Covalent Bonds. And while that's a song that's purely about the power of friendship, and it lists out all of the important benefits and support provided by friendships, it also gave me a really good measuring stick to evaluate my current friendships and relationships. And it made it much easier to identify which friendships were encouraging me to improve and also which friendships were actually hurting me and were drawing me into those toxic habits and mindsets. And I had to make some really, really difficult decisions during that time period. During that same time period, Dare to Defy unlocked in my brain in the biggest way probably out of all of the songs on Terminus. And it did so in two very important but equal ways. The first way was at work. See, even though I was finally back in my field and had upgraded jobs twice at that point, I was still treating my job as just a job. And of course, I did really good work and... I even did enough to stand out enough to get promoted for my hard work. That whole story is in my Norma Jean Redeemer episode from last season. But I wasn't doing enough to stand out. I wasn't so quick to speak out at work in a positive and constructive way. Because again, everybody around me was complaining, so likewise, I would complain. And when I wasn't complaining, I would just kind of keep my head down. And I remember at one point my wife saying... I mean, aren't you a podcaster? Aren't there people that like tune in every single week to hear what you have to say about whatever? Have you ever considered putting that energy into how you interact with people at work? And I swear, as she was saying this, I was hearing dare to defy in my head. That constant dare to be different, dare to set yourself apart. 
See, John and my wife were both right. I had to make an active effort to set myself apart instead of trying to copy how other people did things. And you know what? It totally worked. I took a vacation to Orlando about two weeks ago as of the recording of this episode. And I remember I was with my wife and kids and my brother and we were all eating lunch at Kennedy Space Center when my boss messaged me to tell me that I had been promoted again and this time into a more leadership-based position and that my pay was going to go up again. Within four years, I was now making double the salary that I was making when I was installing garage doors. The potential for what I could do was always there. I just had to take a really hard look inside and, you know, maybe check through all the corners just to make sure that I found it. And the second way that Dare to Defy unlocked was with my podcasting. I've probably beaten this story into the ground at this point, so I promise this will be the last time. But almost one year ago now, I made the difficult decision to leave discography discussion behind for a variety of reasons. But I think the main cause had to do with the fact that it had run its course for me personally. I'd been at it for nearly six years, and it it was the one thing that had not changed during a period of huge sweeping changes for me. And in a lot of ways, it had become something of an outlet for my negativity. But instead of getting that negativity out of my system, it would stick with me throughout my weeks. And it very much flew in the face of all of this positivity that was going on in all the other aspects of my life. So I just walked away from it, a forced determinus. But in doing that, I'll admit that I felt kind of lost because despite the negativity of it, I still very much enjoyed podcasting. I enjoyed that communication. It was the cool thing that I did, and I still pulled a lot of my self-esteem from doing that. But how could I do it without it becoming negative or toxic again? And again, the words came right to me from Dare to Defy. Be profound. The truth can be found deep inside. Look at your heart. Find the strength from within. Find the truth from within. So after doing a little bit of self-reflection, I looked back at one of my favorite podcasts that I've done from the past. And the one that always stands out for me is that one-hour album breakdown I did with John Marino of Circleback. What we did on that episode was had an open conversation about a piece of art and how events in the artist's life influenced the art that he made. And I had this wonderful opportunity to share how that art had affected me at that time. And I realized that was what I needed to strive to do all the time. Instead of subjectively criticizing art and other people's expression, I needed to show how this music that I loved affected me and brought value to my life. And in some cases even helped shape my worldview or gave me encouragement at key moments of my life. I credit an awful lot to that brutally speaking interview because in a lot of ways, that conversation is DFT's Dungeon Episode Zero. And just like that on-disc DLC that everybody was pissed off about with their video games, the extra content and the extra value that I got out of Terminus didn't come right away, didn't come on release date. It came in calculated waves of understanding mixed with life experiences. I wasn't ready for the full thing right away. And once all those waves had come, I had a much more complete picture. And the big reveal was that all of the extra value I got from this record was actually there the whole time. I just needed the right combination to unlock it at exactly the right time.
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of DFT's Dungeon. Like I said in the intro, my name is Daniel Terry. And guys, if you like this podcast, please make sure you are subscribed to it. Tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. If this is a podcast that you have personally gotten value out of, please try to share that value with others. And it also helps me out tremendously. And guys, if you have any questions for me, feel free to send me an email at dftdungeon at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can join the DFT Dungeon Discord server where we hang out, we share memes, we talk about music, we talk about life, we get deep, and we have a lot of fun. There will be a link in the show notes that will take you to all of the different places that you can find the podcast online. And so I hope to hear from you soon, but if I don't, that's okay too. I will catch you again next week.